I'm Jack, your host, and this is the Right in the Fields podcast. Whether you're a guy trying to figure out your feels in this crazy, crazy world, or you're a woman trying to solve the puzzle of why men think the way they do, well, this show is for you. Hi, and welcome back to Right in the Fields. I am Jack Chen. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you're not Jack Chen. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's Mrs. going on here? I'm Mrs. Jack Chen, and this is a host mm-hmm. takeover. If you don't know already, oh I am Christine Chen, and I've decided mm. to take over right in the feels. I mean, it was bound to happen, right? I feel like every time you've been on my podcast, in a way, you've taken over <laughs> at some points in the conversation. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's what you do. Grab 2022 by the balls. And it's just, let's oh go. my gosh, it is 2022. Let's go. Happy New Year to people who are listening to this. Yeah, happy New Year. <laughs> if it's the year yeah. of the tiger. The final oh, countdown. Mm. Yeah, I have the yeah, tiger. Here the we go. Tiger, oh my gosh. Watch, it's not. I have no idea. I just, <laughs> I think I saw like someone draw something and it was like tiger for 2022. So that's where... I'm okay, we'll we'll confirm that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fact check that. But let's let's jump into it because guess what? Mm. This is the season three finale. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Wow. It's been I can't believe it. A year. When did you start? Yeah. Um, the first episode. I, I know when I started. What's the the first date? episode. The, oh, um, January twelfth, twenty twenty one. Wow. So we're at the one year anniversary practically. Wow, a whole year. Of yeah. man feels, especially it's, your man feels, because you're a man. I know it's, yeah, and I have feels, and you've had many feels, yeah. I, I've never thought I'd had this many feels until I really dug deep. Yeah, and that's only a year's worth of <laughs> digging deep. So I know I'm sure there's. I mean, I've been digging deep before, but then with this podcast, I feel like I've dug deeper. Well, I guess you, sh- you even deeper. You shared publicly. About yes. your feels. And that's a whole thing in itself. That's a courageous step to do that. Mm. And you well, thank you for saying yeah, that. You stepped into the world in 2021 as a content creator for the first time. Well, okay, not for the first time. I mean, your other podcast, Ball vs. Life. But mm-hmm. yeah, so you've but been... This a, is totally This different. is a different content it's, yeah it's a total different ball game <laughs> to use that ball versus life analogy but the practice of vulnerability is times a thousand right and i want to say first and foremost and i've said this in past episodes that without you this wouldn't be possible i think the core of wanting to be more vulnerable has always been in me wanting to grow in this aspect mm. but to be a content creator this wouldn't be possible without you like you literally show me the blueprint you literally helped me along the way to establish this podcast. I still can recall flashing back to the debut of this podcast, <laughs> January 12th, 2021. That was the release date. But before that, oh man, it was tough to record and get even that episode out. I remember having a lot of nights, a lot of practicing in front of the mic and the frustration. I talked to you about it a lot. Yeah, I remember that time as well it feels like a long time ago it does and it really it's like a lifetime yeah, ago already. it speaks to your evolution you know and your proof that 
putting one foot ahead of the other before you know it you're three seasons in and a year of so many amazing conversations with amazing people and digging into the aspects of you know perspectives and takeaways and lessons from people that we might have never heard from in their life experience especially you Mm -hmm. being one of them and leading this pathway especially in the asian american community asian man feels and speaking to that authentically which i think is a path that not a lot of people have been on or know what it looks like i know a lot of women tend to talk about it and wish that their man would have an opening for that or a how-to how can i get my man to do this or do that or talk about this and i think yeah you not necessarily just having here's a guy to do it it's just being an example of that i think helps reduce like the stigmas and Mm-hmm. shows other people like hey it's not that scary i mean it can, it can be scary but then you'll be fine and actually you'll come out on the other side feeling more free in yourself yeah and i think one of the beauties in being your partner and you helping facilitate this expression of mine then being myself right from the start when i was recording you always encouraged me to be me, that's the hardest thing to do. It's an easy thing in concept to say to someone as advice, but it's so hard to actually practice, right. let alone record it and then feel like that is you. But in time, as uh, this is going to be the 36th episode, I felt a little bit along the way more like myself. And in the past episodes we recorded together, that's also been a growth process in our relationship, like to really feel comfortable in my own skin. All the struggle that we went through as a couple, a lot of that is centered around, I never felt comfortable being me. I didn't think I could be accepted by you, by other people. That comes down to it. We talked about before people pleasing and that's the stuff at the core. I want to really show the growth in my own life is I want to be more me. (laughs) It's so powerful when you can say, hey, when you look back at you know, a conversation or something that you created to be like, oh, I I really feel like that was me in that moment. Anyways, I felt pretty genuine and authentic. Yeah. I mean, you have a whole year's worth of episodes to prove that. And in (laughs) the challenges and the struggles, like it's not easy, which is why we can understand why you and I still like have different masks and are starting Mm. to be aware of it and why we do that and for what validation. So with that, Mm. the goal of this episode is really just to look back on Mm. your journey and really extract. That's what I do. This is why it's a host takeover, because this is pretty much what I do for a living and really Mm -hmm. highlight some of your takeaways, especially some of the categories and topics that you've talked about and just your journey through it. It'll be a casual, I mean, this is how Jack and I talk all the time. So, you know, there's really no like, oh my God, this is what we have to do. But it's just casual conversation about what it's been like for you to go from someone who consumed content to now creating content, especially on something that Mm -hmm. is not discussed much in our community. Mm -hmm. So let's jump right into it. I mean, unless you have anything else to say before we jump right into it. Well, yeah, this is just another conversation. I think last night we stayed up to like 1.30 a.m. just talking about life and all these other topics. And this is just, this is pretty much a continuation of that. It's an ongoing, it's a great way to start 2022. So I'm excited to kind of recap. So thank you for having a host takeover and Part of the practice in a host takeover, because I'm so used to having control over this podcast because I've been the host, obviously, but part of that is letting go. So this is another lesson to be able to let go of the control and have you host. It's my podcast now. 
You guys ready? All right, 2022, right in the feels, Christine Chen. <laughs> That's this is yours now. Too many <laughs> the woman's perspective too many now. Podcasts focusing on right yeah, in yeah, the field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. That's gonna be my 2022 goals. Just taking. That's why. Over that's why. Like 2022, podcasts. I'm I'm putting you to work <laughs> on my podcast. How sad is that? <laughs> no, I'm excited. Well, all right. Let's go mm-hmm. into just getting into the meat of things. What have been some of your mm-hmm. greatest takeaways of sharing your mm-hmm. own struggles and lessons about mental health and sharing mm-hmm. it so publicly? Um, especially from a guy's perspective? I think first and foremost, the public aspect, that is something that has really tested me because when you're trying to craft content, you really want a focused message. And in that focused message, it has to be you. It has to be authentic. I think there's a lot of content out there that is like, oh, you know, top three things that will help you in your mental health. That's really not this podcast. I mean, we might narrow things down to help the, the listener, But one of the things I wanted to carry into it in terms of being public now is really just be authentic and genuine. And I hope that I've been able to reflect that. And beyond that is the test in being public and having other people consume content. And this content is really about my life. And the conversations that I've brought people on is reflected in the lessons that they've learned in their life is that all this stuff outside of being public is you can carry in your own life. And I've tried to carry the public aspect and pushing myself to be vulnerable into my private life. And I really do believe it's helped me because I've pushed myself to be in uncomfortable spaces. And part of that is being vulnerable. Being vulnerable is really, really uncomfortable for a lot of men, myself included. I've been very uncomfortable along this whole process. But each time that I've recorded or had a conversation with you, whether it's on an episode or talking about my podcast to get more comfortable to record on a topic, I've gotten more comfortable and I've practiced being vulnerable. And practicing being vulnerable is like working a muscle that a lot of men don't want to really spend the energy and time in exercising that muscle. We're so used to wanting those gains to be just very obvious. Like if you go to the gym and you work out a month later, if you're dedicated enough, you'll see the results. Mm in your shape, you'll look in the mirror and be like, man, I've improved. Other people can see that and I can see that myself. But being vulnerable, those improvements aren't as obvious. But the long-term gain of it is just as great as gaining a six-pack or just being more buff. (laughs) Right. I think that's a really great point in that it's a practice. Mm -hmm. The mental hurdle to put yourself out there, even amongst people that you trust, sometimes it can feel too big of a mountain and it's like no 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 we don't do that mm-hmm. like me and our friends we don't talk about that yeah. it feels awkward because you haven't really put in the practice it's as if you know you're picking up a new sport and you're not an amazing game player the first time you pick up say baseball it takes practice so my next question is for yourself what are some of the things that mm-hmm. you've have seen the vulnerability and authenticity in your life as you practice it, whether it's publicly or in your private life? How has it benefited you and some of the things that you still struggle with when it comes to being vulnerable? I can say without a doubt, there's been a lot of benefits. I think my relationship with you has benefited from me practicing vulnerability and exercising that muscle. Practicing vulnerability is much in line with communication. To practice vulnerability, I have to be able to understand internally like what I'm feeling, that's the first hurdle for anybody who wants to practice vulnerability and become more emotionally in tune. You have to understand your own emotions. And that is, for a lot of men, a long process, and it takes time. But beyond that, like once you 
start to figure that out a little bit more. The next step is communicating these same feelings. We communicate feelings all the time, whether it's obvious of saying I'm angry or I'm sad or in non-verbal cues, your energy, how you carry yourself. These are all things that happened in my life that as I became more aware, I became aware of even the unconscious or nonverbal cues that I had. You're the type of partner that also points everything out. So you've made it easy for me to reflect back on even my nonverbal cues, my energy. You, you always say this, like, you're, you're being weird today. And I'm like flabbergasted because I'm like, oh, am I? <laughs> I don't, I'm not even processing that I'm reacting that way or, or projecting that. And you were able to read those cues. And that's helped a lot. So that's the first thing that I've really seen as an improvement. But my relationship with my family and practicing. We talked about family trauma uh, a couple episodes ago. I think two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And establishing boundaries is a huge one for me. So that was another thing that I really have carried over into my personal life through this podcast and talking about the traumas and also the growth in establishing your own boundaries. And a lot of people, a lot of Asians don't do that. And I think a lot of men, they don't establish boundaries until they feel like they absolutely need to, which is a blow up fight, for example, like they hold it in, hold it in, and then they release it because the boundary has been slightly infringed on over time. And then finally, when that step has been taken too far, they blow up. But I don't want to blow up in my life. I don't think that's effective communication. So how do we get to a point where I don't blow up? I learned in the process to communicate the small things along the way before they blow up. Mm. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Maybe you can tell me if that has been the case because I feel like I have been better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of conversations ago in just our daily life, you were like, oh, so mm -hmm. you know how you're feeling when you're feeling it? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, I don't always <laughs> know. And I don't know why yeah. I'm feeling certain things. I'm like, what? <laughs> so mm. this is going to be 10 years of being with each other. But I will say oh as gosh. your partner, I think when you met me, I've been pretty consistent in being a communicator yeah. about how I feel. But I really mm -hmm. think that this year has shifted exponentially in our communication mm. together and just our overall happiness in our couple's life just because when you are practicing for yourself the tools to better understand for yourself why you are reacting the way that you do because me as your partner I can sense that something's mm -hmm. off but I don't know what's going on in your head especially when you don't yeah. even know what's going on in your head yeah. and I think this year you've really taken the time to be what is going on in my head versus mm -hmm. verbally telling me okay okay I'll think about it but then yeah. I think with a lot of people and especially guys you just say that but you don't actually do it because it's like i don't yeah. know how to what am i reflecting on what am i supposed to do and i think mm -hmm. through giving yourself the space in that like i don't know why am i feeling this mm. you come back to the table being a better partner because you're not putting the legwork on me to be like can you ask me more questions or can you deal with my outburst or the i don't know this yeah. is just how i'm feeling can you just stop why does it have to be this difficult mm -hmm. or like you said every fight has to be a blown out fight i think that's where the thought conflict is bad that's yeah. where it comes from but this is something i just thought about yesterday i was like for you and i we've gotten to a point where although the feelings of we're going through an argument right now can trigger the defaults of uh man, this is annoying or I don't like feeling angry. I don't like feeling all yeah. these things. But 
we've gotten to a point of a relationship with each of us practicing our own tools of being grounded, our truths, digging in deeper, asking more questions, meditation, all of that, reading, that mm-hmm. we have dealt with our disagreements with an openness to find a solution that is a win-win for both of us. Yeah. And we have learned how to talk to each other to mm-hmm. practice actually active listening versus this is how you're making me feel. Why do you not get that? Can you just fix this? Can you change this? Yes. You know? Yeah. I love that. I think it's the process of getting to the win-win because at the end of the day, sometimes it's not a win-win. But if we both are working towards a potential win-win, whatever the result, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's the fact that I know that you are trying to think of me and you on the other end know that I'm trying to think of you and we're processing all these emotions and all this conflict it's hard. It's, it takes time. Sitting in those feelings is difficult. And as a man, sitting in a feeling of whether it's sadness, frustration, or being upset, the whole gamut of, of emotions, that's hard to do. I've been able to slow down kind of the fight or flight in feeling these strong emotions and be like, it's okay to sit in it. It's okay that yeah. I'm feeling frustrated or angry at my my girlfriend, my wife, my what it doesn't even have to be girlfriend and wife, but we're talking about what? in this relationship. Your right? girlfriend and your wife, you have two? <laughs> um uh, no, I don't. I take back everything I said about effective communication. <laughs> <laughs> but to be able to sit in that and marinate and figure it out for yourself, instead of just projecting blame or, or, or you're causing me this, that's been very powerful for me. And it's helped us a lot, but it's helped me the most. Because before I would just, to be honest, I would just shut down. Yeah. And you, you know this. I, I would say I would think about it later, which it's not that I don't want to, but I just didn't know how. And it would be so overwhelming that I would just put it in the back more. I would compartmentalize. Men are really good at compartmentalizing. And I just wouldn't get to it until the next time it reared its ugly head. So to be able to sit in those emotions has been great. Yeah. And then when you wait till it comes up again, of course, it's going to lead to an even bigger fight or mm-hmm. potential bigger fight. Because again, didn't we talk about it last time? Mm-hmm. And I still don't mm-hmm. see an improvement and that, that cycle of patterns. And we've had a lot of those arguments. Yeah, exactly. You've been really frustrated at me before. You're like, I don't think you're trying. I don't think you're actually actively. Right. I called you out. But also in that, what I learned too is how do you hold a safe space for your partner? Yeah. And... Although I do that for a living as a life coach, it's different with your partner, which is yeah. why they're like, don't life coach people that you're close to, right? Mm-hmm. It's in that we're hearing you out because it takes extra emotional capacity to be able to do that not only for yourself, but for your partner. Yeah. And not everybody has the capacity to do that. No. But I think that's what our, I would say, pre-pandemic to now we've been practicing that and Mm -hmm. it definitely is not just like oh we get it we all these quotes of whole safe space active listening like oh now we know we can implement it no it really took practice because even in that i would still feel triggered in the conversation and then you're reverting back to your default of shutting down and we're back on the cycle again and it takes someone to be like okay what's really happening here i'm gonna set my guard down and mm-hmm. really ask you why does this keep coming up what's behind this yeah. am i doing something what can i do to help in this and it's not about being right or wrong i think we no. get caught up in no, no 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 if i say sorry then that totally negates you from taking any responsibility on your part no i think that's over time when you build trust with your partner and learn how to hold safe mm. space for your partner because safe space for jack may be like 
he just needs time and then to ask him questions without leading him or accusing him of yes. anything or trying to fill in my own words. And sometimes with Jack, it takes him mm-hmm. a good 30 minutes to get a thought out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's okay versus me going like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And then that contributes to him feeling overwhelmed. A lot of times we mm-hmm. had to be like, let's take a break. Yeah, I was just okay? going to point that out. I, I think we recently had kind of an argument and you know it was getting heated and then you were like i need my space you know we can't talk about this right now and part of that effective communication is respecting someone else's space yeah i wanted to talk about i think i kind of like huffed and puffed before leaving (laughs) but i was like all right you need your space and we'll come back to it it's not the end of the world we'll come back and talk about this when the time is right because even though yes i want to talk about it you're not in that space and i know if i pushed it it wouldn't end well that energy would continue There's so many things in that along the way. The respect is number one, but understanding too, maybe I do need time to also cool down and process and letting that be the focus is instead of just being angry at you that you're cutting the communication off is respect that you just need time. And this is also time for me to reflect. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff we've worked on and it's not a perfect science. It's still something that we're working through communication as I think it was, I don't know which episode, but uh, why can't my mind communicate was the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's an ongoing freaking practice or growth for us and for many, many couples, which is why it's that kind of episode does the best because we all struggle in that. I mean, speaking about communication, mm-hmm. that's one of the main focuses mm-hmm. of Right in the Fields. And bringing that to light, to surface of what effective communication looks like from a guy's perspective. And the takeaway can be both from men and women being able to take that in and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, so this is what guys may be thinking about and barriers that they may be facing when it comes to communication. Mm -hmm. So what are maybe some of the top three to five things Mm -hmm. that you found helpful when it came to learning how to communicate and articulate your feelings? You know what Mm -hmm. I learned the most is especially with you, you are actually really good at communicating. You just express yourself very quickly. In the moment, you have a feeling and you're able to articulate it. And I used to think that's the most powerful thing about communication is when you feel something, you're able to talk about it. You're able to express it. I actually don't think that's the most powerful thing. The most powerful thing in communicating is understanding the communication within yourself. That's the most difficult thing I've been able to be better with is what are my voices telling me inside? So when I feel something or uh, something happens in my life, what am I telling myself in that moment? That Mm -hmm. is the strength of better effectively communicating with yourself and understanding the source of all that, the voice inside. Sometimes that voice inside, it it doesn't feel like yours because it sometimes isn't technically yours. Like it might be somebody else's influence in your life, whether it's from your parents, whether it's from other influences that have said something at some point and it's triggered you to feel a certain way i've started slowly learning differentiating between what my voice is and what essentially is someone else's voice that has dictated my life and that has been the first thing that i've been able to do in communicating better within myself and that has led slowly to be able to communicate better to other people you being the first and foremost since i talked to you the most so that's number one hands down is understanding what you're saying to yourself when you're alone, when you're just thinking thoughts. Because men always think, say this, it's like, no, I'm not thinking anything. The truth is you are. 
you're just not aware and conscious of it. Awareness and consciousness is also number two of communication. Anytime you're not aware or you're not conscious, your communication is not great. <laughs> Being aware and conscious of all these little things, of all the communication you're having with the world and with the people in your life and yourself, that is very, very empowering to be aware and be like, all right, right now in this moment, I'm feeling this way. I see that this other person's triggering me. It's like the Matrix. You know, when Neo started slowing things down, the bullets he was able to stop, that's what I'm trying to develop. I'm starting to see mm -hmm. the code in all these buildings and code in the matrix that I can figure it out. Before, I was just reacting to it. You know, a lot of times we're just reactionary. You know this as a life coach and even yourself. It's like when you are just reacting, that's not awareness. That's just a involuntary response to something. That's why people feel out of control. That's why I felt out of control. I would just react mm -hmm. and I have no idea. So slowing all that stuff down has helped me as a man to communicate. It's not easy to do, but with the safe space that you've created and I've started to understand to create for myself, within myself, I've been able to do some of that. Yeah, I mean, what I heard you say really is breaking down what are the stories that you tell yourself inside mm -hmm. your head, mm -hmm. which is one of the most effective tools in getting to know yourself. Yes. Because we all have them, right? Whether it's in form of an internal self-critic, what's behind this and better understanding it? Because a lot of times, let's say you're fighting with your mom, mm -hmm. You may be really pissed that she's nagging you again or she's telling you, don't eat that stuff or you're not taking care of yourself and all of that. The story that you're telling yourself, even though, especially with our moms, like they're pretty much just <laughs> telling us that is the story, mm -hmm. right? They're like, oh, you're so sloppy. Oh, you never care about anything. You're so selfish. Mm -hmm. That is the story because yeah. the story from the situation may be, if I don't do all these things and I'm not good enough or worthy of love or that... Even though I'm trying really hard, I'm not being appreciated or seen for who I really am. Or I have to be a version of myself in order to be loved and accepted by my mom. Yeah. That's a story. That's yeah. a story. And usually these stories are told to ourselves when we're really young. And it sticks with us. And therefore we have confirmation bias through our, our lives that mm -hmm. reinforce that story. And that's why what you said about point two, if you don't practice that awareness mm -hmm. and that consciousness, we're going off of this default yeah. acceptance. Mm -hmm. You're just cruising through life. You mm -hmm. don't even know that's what's behind why you're so angry all the time. Mm -hmm. How could you not be angry if you constantly feel like you're not good enough and you're being exactly. judged by all these people? But in reality, people don't care about you as much as you think they do. That is yeah. the truth. Most people are like us. They're in their own heads. Mm -hmm. They're thinking mm -hmm. about how they look like, let exactly. alone having energy to think about what you look like. Now, does that mean that people aren't judging you? No, of course not. People are judging all the time, you know? Yes. But ultimately, you get to a point where you're just like, well, if people are judging me for those things, mm -hmm. do I really want those people in my life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a self-reflection about yourself, which are things that I realize too. Is that means that I'm also judging other people based off of how I judge myself. And those are things I actually want to look into because I don't like that. I don't like that about myself. Yeah. yeah. So totally hear that in whether it's for guys or girls helps in having more of an understanding mm -hmm. of why you are the way that you yes. are. Yes, exactly. Men like to do this. They like to simplify everything. And I do think that's a defensive mechanism because when you try to simplify things that are actually complex, it makes life easier for yourself. It gives you a way to think about something when you don't want to put the energy and you feel overwhelmed. You're like, okay, let me just keep it simple. But the reality is when we're talking about the voice inside, there's a reason you are the way that you are. That's just 
fact. It could be your environment. It could be your upbringing. It could be a whole host of factors. The stories that you tell yourself, it's sourced from somewhere. It doesn't come out of nowhere usually. And to be able to break those things down is very complex. That's why men struggle when they develop the mindset of, let me just make things simple. But it's not simple. Your emotions honestly are not simple. If you want to make it simple, yeah, you can live like that until you blow up. But is blowing up something simple? No, it's it's a variable of many factors that led you to that point. And to be able, like you said, to dissect all this stuff and break it down, that's a process and a a learning experience that I've had to do. And I hope that through this podcast, it's been reflected to other people listening that you're not alone in Mm. this growth, this journey that we are all on. We can talk about it. We can have conversations about it. And it could go to every topic even because that's what we're trying to understand is our place in the world, in our place in all the relationships that we're in or the things that are happening in our lives. It's not simple. And to say it's simple is a disservice. Yeah, and I think listening to other people talk Mm -hmm. about their feelings, how they break it down can really help you provide an insight for yourself. You're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or yeah, Mm -hmm. what do I think about that? or a lot of journal prompts. I know a lot of women tend to do that, especially with 2022, right? It's like, Mm. oh, what are your 2021 greatest accomplishments or lessons that you've learned and things like that? There's a lot of great journal prompts that basically make you think about things that you've never thought about in that Mm -hmm. way. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of tools out there. And just because it may feel daunting or, oh man, I don't want to open up that can of worms and discover things about me that I don't like. Well, to be honest, how comfortable are you repeating the same cycles in your exactly. life? And you could be fine with it. Everybody reaches a certain point in their life where what type of quality of life are you mm-hmm. living? What are some things that you might want to change? Mm-hmm. And even if you want to change things, if you don't really understand the root of where it comes from, how can you really change it? Mm-hmm. You just kind of do some surface level maintenance, but you're not really getting to the root of things, which is why we tend to resort back to our old habits and our mm-hmm. old ways. Mm-hmm. So with that, what are some top things that women in relationships can do to help in communication with the men in their lives? I've realized one thing that you've done really well is have patience. And I know it hasn't always been easy to practice <laughs> patience with me. I was but... like, I don't know if like I would use the word patient with me, but that's definitely something I've been working on. Well, I, I think the patience has been ebbs and flows over time and through time you've become more patient. Yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely in the beginning, you were not patient. It's not even the arguments. I think there were times that you were just like, I don't want to be with this guy if he's going to be like this, you know? So, but that that's also an effective way of understanding our boundaries and communicating. Well, if you're talking about that, that's like the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. And even the middle where I was understanding for myself what are clear deal breakers and yeah. also things that were defense mechanisms mm-hmm. that came before you even entered the picture. But the point is not even just the patience, is you allowed me my space even through all this, right? Like you trying to establish your boundaries and also understanding red flags and getting to know me. It's very convoluted when we're dating, especially. But in that, you have let me grow. And that's an environment that I never really had growing up. I didn't have that in my home life. My parents, much like many immigrant Asian parents, they're not helping facilitate emotional growth. <laughs> that's not their first priority. Their first priority is get a job, you know, go to college. Then you you figure all that else out. That's on you. So I never had that environment. In our time together, 
being in this relationship, you know, you've learned and I've learned how to give space to that. And that's super important. I honestly don't think I would be here being able to effectively communicate about our relationship even and some of the very intimate details if it wasn't for that environment that you help build with me. What does that actually look like in mm. like concrete things that people can take away? What does it mean to allow you to grow or give you that safe space? Mm, practicing non-judgment. I think a lot of times, as men and women, especially, we stereotype the other. <laughs> a lot of men are like, dude, she's just super emotional, so you just let her fizzle out. Or for women, it's like, dude, he's just so stubborn, or he just shuts down, or he's not emotionally in tune. It's like, well, how do we work towards becoming more emotionally in tune? Of course, the first step was I was open to it. I wanted to become emotionally mm-hmm. in tune. Mm-hmm. But with that said, you help facilitate that growth by Honestly, I can just imagine all the times reflecting back. You're super frustrated that I'm unable to communicate. But you were patient and really asking me questions, holding my hand through a lot of the things that I didn't understand about myself and the feelings that I had. You didn't judge me then. Uh, or unless you were judging me, I just you didn't tell me. But I felt that non-judgment and it's really important because the men are really scared of judgment and rejection mm-hmm. that's a huge thing for men so that's what a safe environment is practicing non-judgment and letting someone grow on their own time that's not easy to do because we all have our goals we all want to be with a partner might might be a little bit further along with emotional development and that's everyone's individual judgment call but with that said you have been able to sit with me and create the safe space and let me grow organically. Mm -hmm. Sitting in the discomfort with Mm -hmm. you, right? Versus contributing to the discomfort. We always say this, like, I don't want to argue. I don't like to feel these things. But you as my partner, I want you to help me in this also in not wanting to feel this way. How do I get to a place where I can deal with this feeling that I have that I don't like? That's not an easy thing to do. That's a very difficult thing to sit in and help somebody think through or process through. That's very hard. When it comes to really helping someone develop in emotional way or any other life aspect way, it takes a tremendous amount of patience. And that's the part where in a partnership, you have to have the patience. If you don't, then your relationship is not going to work out. We're all imperfect. We all are trying to get better in a certain way. Unless someone is just like, you know what, I'm good with life. Then you, you have your answer very clear. You're just like, all right, this person is going to be this way and they refuse to improve. But if we both are working on that or both want to, it takes a lot of patience and takes a safe environment. And that's something that is on top of the list. I'm telling you right now for women, men, if you want to flourish in your relationships, you have to provide the safe environment. You have to. If you don't, then it's always just going to be triggers and arguments and the endless loop of like, oh, you always do this or you always do that. Where's the growth in that? You're already determined like this is who you are when you're judging somebody else. You did it again. Are you allowing them small room to grow a little bit at a time? Because no one changes 180 right away. That's just fact. Mm. Yeah. And giving affirmations and Mm -hmm. acknowledging when they do those things helps a lot in the encouragement and team building, right? Like it's not, oh, yeah, you should have been doing that. Or I'm pointing it out again that you don't do this. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in how you communicate it. Yeah. But we definitely, I mean, we have an episode about communication. Yes, so we do. there's all of that. Mm-hmm. So 
for yourself, you've talked about a variety of topics、yeah. during this past year. I've talked about porn. I talked about love. I talked about <laughs> relationships. <laughs> yeah, being a man. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember. We years ago had just a conversation about porn, and it was wow. This it was actually eye opening for、about. you. Yeah, because、yeah. I was like, wow, I've never thought about porn. Through the eyes of men, because for women we were never really exposed or encouraged in the porn area.、Yeah. <laughs> so hearing about it, it was like, oh man, that's like your guys's Disney. Little girls grow up with <laughs> Disney romance fantasy, and porn is a man's fantasy. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. So for yourself, when you tackled those topics, what have been your takeaways when it comes to dating and intimacy and porn and sex and What that has to do with being a man? Oh, there's a lot there, and I think the first thing that you mentioned is intimacy. I think intimacy, when it comes to love, porn, and all that stuff, men love to compartmentalize. And compartmentalizing, you don't really practice true intimacy. Practicing true intimacy is, of course, being vulnerable, but also understanding your place in all these different things, right? In dating, for example, the fear of rejection, the difficulty in dating. I had an episode with Mike and and Tay、uh, about how difficult、mm. it is for Asian guys to date. That's practicing how to be intimate with somebody, and it's not the intimacy of in a relationship yet. It's the intimacy with yourself and dealing with. Rejection, dealing with self worth and stuff like that. Then there's porn, right? In my episode, is is a fantasy. Fantasy is very much a part of intimacy. In relationships, we deal with fantasy all the time. You have a fantasy, I have a fantasy. How do we align those fantasies? Because if we don't find a way to align it or come to a healthy understanding of intimacy, then our relationship is going to be unbalanced. It's going to be skewed, and that's something that you said right away. For men and women, we are not on the same plane when it comes to porn. If porn is a huge aspect of men, whether they want to admit it or not, then that's something that needs to be reconciled. If women don't understand how men look at porn, and men don't even understand how they view porn, which relates to sex, which relates to relationships, then we're at a deficit. How do we bridge this gap? And I want to start this conversation of how do we understand men and intimacy in particular. That affects your whole life and how you manage your relationships with females, with males. Even it's like with guys. How are you open in discussing all these things about your life? Men they joke about things all the time, like oh we watch porn or like oh dating that girl is like this or this girl is like that. Is that real intimate conversation? Are you really getting to the root of what you really think and how vulnerable you are in all these different aspects of your life? I don't think I've had many conversations with other. High school friends of mine. Our friendship has spanned over freaking fifteen, twenty years now. Like, I don't think we've had real conversations about porn, and that's practicing intimacy. So, as a man, that's what I've learned the most: is how do I practice intimacy in all these different aspects of life? Growing up, I didn't have any of that, and now being older and being able to communicate some of it, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome to be able to talk about this and not feel alone, and not feel I'm the only one that. Thinks of this of porn, sex as an Asian guy, especially in our community, we we aren't really open in talking about this stuff. So opening that gateway has been super great in my own life. Yeah, absolutely. These taboo topics, especially in the Asian community, so much of it, understanding or even just、mm-hmm. 
hearing different perspectives actually makes a lot of sense why we are the way that we are and why we seek validation in all the areas that we do. Because when you talk about intimacy, it really is about genuine connection and what that means to each person and each gender. And when you're talking about sex and porn, that's an aspect where a lot of times with women, it's, oh, just don't talk about it, out of sight, out of mind. If your man does or doesn't do it, or if he does watch porn, then it's, oh man, what does that mean about me? And all these things that come up, but we never really talk about it because it's yeah. uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But not knowing about it, that's actually how a guy may come in with his fantasy expecting what a genuine connection may look yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what that entails like what are they watching with porn and what are their takeaways from it mm-hmm. whether they're cognizant of it or not i think a lot of times with fantasy you just want to be feeling it like oh my god this is amazing i don't want to deal with the realities of, yeah. of thinking or over processing it but then you actually start to see how that hinders your relationship yes. and the yeah. effects of it why men put so much emphasis on their sex life and mm-hmm. what it may mean to them if they perform or don't perform a certain way if you you as their sex partner do or don't do certain things yeah all of that is kind of swept underneath this whole like fantasy aspect and women mm-hmm. obviously we bring all of that in ourselves with oh what does the first kiss mean oh him yes. not saying this or him doing this and also our own fantasies or stories we tell ourselves about sex yeah, yeah. so i think that is important to just the starting point is having these conversations yes these conversations i think a lot of people want like a firm answer at the end to feel like oh that makes me secure but the reality is what you want to understand is you're not alone in what you think right as men we feel judged sometimes when we put out there like oh yeah i do watch porn so watch why that's why a lot of men don't talk about it openly they feel like girls will judge them or other guys whatever the world will judge them but what's the reality are you and if you are working outside that and understanding you can develop a safe space or safe environment to communicate what it means to you and how you want to approach relationships for the fantasy, that's something that's not easy to do. And that's just a conversation. Really, it is. Whatever you learn from the conversation is something that's enlightening about yourself. But if we keep it in a dark corner, if we just reserve it, compartmentalize it into the back of our minds, be like, okay, that's just something I do alone. But everything you do alone comes into your life in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. you can't separate all these things. If you watch porn, it will come into your life in some way, shape, or form. And learning to deal with that, learning to understand where your place in it is just a, a journey. And that's something that, as you said, men and women, if they're they're at a different wavelength with it, then how do we bridge that conversation? For women, it's like they watch a bunch of K-dramas and they watch romantic movies. And men sometimes just shrug it off like, oh my God. Where's the fantasy in that? Like, why do they have that fantasy? In understanding and having a conversation with a future partner or your girlfriends in your life or your partner that you're with, that's all understanding where is that coming from and how do we how do we process it and how do we come to a better understanding of how it affects our relationship? And that's growth, really. I liked having those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll make a lot of sense when you start dissecting it mm-hmm. and thinking about it, you'll start to see why you have those patterns in your life, why certain relationships didn't work out or what does it mean when your girlfriend's like, dude, I want to talk more, you know, or I just don't yeah. feel connected to you or I don't feel like we're growing. I think a lot of times when we use those type of words, I'm more cognizant of that because it doesn't mean the same thing to each person. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine when a guy hears that, it's like, I don't know what that means. Can you spell it out? What exactly do you need from me? That's 
you can put in the legwork for that too. I think there's a surface level standard for a lot of guys that are just, this is fine. Yeah. I've learned how to just cope and this is fine, right? But if you really got to ask yourself, are you really fine? Yeah. Are you really living your best life? What does that even look like without mm-hmm. someone telling you what it means to be a man and to live a fulfilling life? Is that what you really define as fulfilling? Do you feel that inside? Are there yeah. aspects of you that you hide away and you're embarrassed by? You have a lot of shame. You hate. Like, I think that's the part we're really right on the fields getting into. You are putting it out there, exposing it, where mm-hmm. a lot of people keep that in the dark. But by being an example of that and... I'm talking about it and there are still things that I'm working through. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to feel shame about it. If you still do, that's okay. But the beginning process of this is mm. just having conversations, yes. baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. So wrapping up this mm-hmm. kind of one year reflection, I really wanted to go into your own head for yourself in this journey of creating right in the feels. What are you most proud of mm. in not only the podcast, but yourself? I am proud that we're just here and I can reflect back and say that I did it. I set up a goal and the goal wasn't to create 36 episodes. The goal was just to do something that was uncomfortable, that really <laughs> at the core of it, it's helping that younger Jack that I just never had a, a presence in my life that could engage in these thoughts or, or stir me to think about these different aspects in life and different topics in different ways and have someone be patient with it that in my imperfection even now uh, especially when i was younger that it's okay you don't have to be at some kind of end point i've always wanted that like as a guy i'm almost like dude it has to be worth it like if i'm gonna put all this effort into it like what's the end result i have to have a shiny trophy and i achieved this job title i won first place or second place i have a badge to me this was never about that and that's what i'm most proud of that i was able to do it and along the way it hasn't been easy because i had to battle a lot of things like what does this actually mean the podcast needs to grow the podcast needs to be this or that but i've slowly let that go and it is me (laughs) i can say without a doubt that this podcast is me and Mm. that's a beautiful thing i've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in all its imperfection it's me yeah and in its perfection yes <laughs> that's a glass half full type of view <laughs> yeah looking back if you could tell jack from i think it was fall when you actually started right fall mm. 2021 mm-hmm. of heading thoughts to a dock and then then getting yeah. to a point of oh what does it look like to record what would you tell that jack from 2021 from current jack that all your fears are valid but in time, if you really want to work through it, then something beautiful will come of it. All the fears that I had of what does this mean or why am I doing this and all that stuff, all the questions that were raised, I was able to sit in those questions. And by sitting through those questions, creation happened. And it doesn't have to be a form of a podcast. It could be a creation inside you, just a, literally a thought that leads to something else. And it could lead to you being more open in some other aspect of your life. Because being able to ask yourself questions and process it and start to answer some of it and also seek the resources, seek the environments that will help you answer that. Because we can't do it alone. And I've tried to do it alone. Trust me, I've tried very hard to do it alone. So with that said, embracing that I'm not alone and embracing that I can slowly figure it out, creation happens. This is just one form of it. And there's been all these other creations in my life that has been part of it, you know, having a healthier relationship with my mom, 
for sure. Better effective communicating. That has been because I've started to sit in these questions and answer them to, for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And putting ego aside, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think ego has been one of the words that have come up, especially after you finished reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. Oh, yeah. You actually bring up pain bodies a lot, mm-hmm. which is a great mm-hmm. reminder for myself. So that's definitely a book that we both recommend. Yeah, for sure. And being able to understand yourself, too. So let's end with what are your hopes for 2022 and maybe tag in hopes for yourself, for this mm-hmm. podcast, <laughs> for men, Asian men, the Asian mm-hmm. American community, mental health, all of that. What are your hopes? I'm no pioneer in this. There's been a lot of other content trying to talk about this. But understanding what it is to be a man in modern society, it's shifting. And I know that is a wonderful thing. I'm not the only person talking about what it is to be a man. And this thing, being a man, has been a huge source of conflict in not just men, but in women, because we are all interconnected. There's a reason why a lot of women are frustrated with men in their lives. It's because we have this notion, this is what a man is. And in 2022, I want to continue this conversation. And I want to grow in my own life in redefining and understanding what's my place in being a man. And I know we're in a space where it's not just about gender. And that's part of it is thinking beyond gender and our gender biases, which is why I love how society is moving towards that way. Woke culture Mm -hmm. is we're not defining things in a box anymore. To be a man is this. You have to be a leader. You have to take a proactive approach. You have to be like this. You have to be strong. Who the hell said that? Somebody said that one day and we just adopted it. And we've become completely fixated on this idea. And we don't allow ourselves to grow in other ways. It's like, you can be weak. What's wrong with being weak? There's nothing wrong with being weak because we all are weak. There's nobody on this earth that is fully impervious to life. And that's the thing I want to really care to 2022 is let's talk about all these uncomfortable things and being a man and how it is for women dealing with men and relationships centered around that. Mm, What a great wrap up. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like that is a great way to enter 2022 as well as just for everyone to take into your own lives Mm. and have that reflection, like the allowance that you're a human being. We're not robots or an algorithm that's designed to perform at optimal level every single time and not Mm -hmm. disappoint or do these things that these words that trigger that we're less than, oh, you're disappointing somebody else. You didn't live up to expectation. Oh, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Actually start thinking about what are these standards and measures that You've dedicated so much time and energy into fulfilling. Like, do you even mm-hmm. actually believe that yourself? Yeah. You know, and yeah. why? Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, redefining and empowering ourselves of what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman in, in this day and age? And what are your truths? Like, what are your values? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the last mm. episode of season three, mm. what would you like to say to your listeners and this mm. community that you've cultivated who are full of wonderful people who oh actually gosh, reach yeah. out even to me and give such feedback? They're always like, can you please tell Jack that he's really impacted my life, has really mm-hmm. changed my relationship with my significant other? I get so many messages like that and you're always just like, wow, I don't know what to say. I'm in awe. There's a list of things that I want to say. It's First, I want to thank you for hosting this episode and being such a powerful, positive influence in my life. I really feel like my life has changed. And 
Second, I do want to thank Susie also. She's been the one that has designed the episode artwork all along the way. She's been a great friend. Of course, I want to thank all the guests that have been my podcast. There, there's so many now when I when I reflect back now, 36 episodes. And everybody that I've brought on is a personal friend of mine that yeah. has taken the time and energy to share in this experience and really been open and vulnerable. I'm Again, I'm so honored and I can't thank the guest enough and lastly i do want to thank everyone who listens and all the stuff that you've said about people who have even reached out to you and the the people that have reached out to me personally like i am truly in awe and it is a true honor that anybody that's listened to me or listened to the messaging in this podcast i don't know what to say other than i am completely blown away and in awe of it so i thank you for being part of this journey and it's not going to end it's going to continue and i hope that we can continue to grow together that's really the whole point and i just want to grow and maybe have more interaction even in the future with people that might listen to this podcast or i want to learn from other people that listen to it it's not just one way i really want to take in what other people's experiences are and what they have gathered from their life wow I think you are a perfect example of someone who has learned to take that first step in trusting your voice, even if it feels scary, even if the unknown feels scary. It might trigger stories within yourself of, am am I worthy enough to do this? Can I do this? Am Mm -hmm. I going to fall on my face? Is it going to be embarrassing? And like you said, look at how many people's lives that you've touched even if it's just me listening being able to connect with all these amazing guests and your friends to really hold space for vulnerable conversations the impact that you have that each of us has goes beyond what we can conceive purely Mm -hmm. by just taking that first step in believing in yourself even if that first step is like Mm -hmm. i don't really truly believe yet but you're going to take that first step anyways Mm -hmm. because why not? When we start off New Year's, often it is in the reminder that time Mm -hmm. is passing and passing Mm -hmm. quickly. So this is your life. You are the driver. How do you want to be the star of your own movie? And are you living your best life? Are you living your most fulfilling life? Mm -hmm. And what does that even look like? So I think watching you and being your partner and witnessing it has been the inspiration and motivation that continues to guide me in my own life. So I'm so proud of you and Mm. can't wait to see what your journey continues to unfold well thank you for saying that and can i say that let's switch the host now i'm the host i'm taking control (laughs) no (laughs) i I do want to reflect on the last message everything you just said is when somebody does something and they accomplish something or they fulfill something within them a lot of times the message is you can do it too it's because I learned this myself. Like I'm special, but I'm now more special than somebody else. We're all people and we all have such great capabilities. Our capabilities might be different, but we all have immense capability. We have immense imagination. You know, it's more if we want to embrace that for ourselves and then have it come to fruition in whatever way in our lives. This growth that I've had, the reason why I want to do this podcast or be talking on a mic is I know given where I've come from, I can grow emotionally. I never really embrace that and the fact that i am here today and able to speak about my feelings i know it's possible for so many other people it's just something that is real and that's why people when they've accomplished something like you can do it too because it's true everyone's just a human being 
once you start to put your mind to it, like as you said, once you can dream it, you can conceive it. And I hope for 2020, people can start to conceive these goals and these places and these this growth that they want to be because when you dream it, you can conceive it. Yeah, except it's 2022. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, what did I say? <laughs> you said 2020. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wait, look, COVID. Applies. COVID has got yes. me thinking 2020 still. <laughs> it applies in 2020. It applies yeah. in 2022. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. absolutely, I think whatever stirs within you, just mm-hmm. notice that for yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, when it's like, oh, if I can do it, you can do it. I know sometimes it can feel like, well, no, I can't. But how you start and at what pace you go, it's all up to you. So yeah. I think if anything speaks to you in whether this episode or other right in the field episodes it says something it really is something to take notice and yeah yeah Yeah. so it's been a year in your fields in our fields in just the fields in general one year anniversary Woohoo! thank you for listening i hope this episode finds you well Bye. bye